Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Story Tell Her. I am Montia Imagining. It has been a while, but welcome back. Thank you for coming back. Okay, baby. We know that when Story Tell Her started, that it was all about sharing testimonies and sharing stories. And today, I have a special guest with me. I know I say this about all of my guests because all of them are very special. But I have Ari the Lioness, my lioness, with me here today. Hi. How's everybody? All right, if you don't mind introducing yourself, it's T. Um, so I am Ari the Lioness, and um, Tia is my person. <laughs> um we I'm a mom of four married um and we literally do life together <laughs> um so yeah we literally do life together we've been walking it out for the last several years together so I invited Ari here today to share her testimony and we're going to get started walk us through your personal testimony Oh man, um, my personal testimony started when I was 16 years old. Um, well, really 15. I had gotten pregnant and at 15 years old and I drew closer to God in that moment. Um, I did not tell my mom that I was pregnant. She didn't find out until I was six months. And at that time, um, everybody wanted me to have an abortion and it was just like, something that, you know, a 15 year old should not be having a baby. Um, and I really, really, really drew close to God in that time. Um, I did not have an abortion. My ba my baby is now 17 years old. Um, but I remember to praying God and just asking him for certain things and making a covenant with him for those things. Mm -hmm. um, and that began the relationship. I always say that at some point I was serving my mom's God, but I started serving God for myself and then he became my God because I was only learning about God through my mom and in church and things of that nature. But when I actually began to talk to him on my own, that was like the first development of our relationship together with me having intimacy with him. Um. So yeah, so I... I just started serving God at that point and became very intimate with him. All right. So let's talk about, you mentioned that you didn't serve your mom's God, but you developed a relationship with God on your own. What does that look like? Oh man. Uh, first, like meditating, um, calling out to him, seeking him, um, praying, fasting, I was fasting at 16. Um, I had a Walkman and I'll never forget Marvin Sapp's CD had just came out. And my favorite song on his CD was Thirsty. Mm. And it was- That's so funny. My sister-in-law recorded with her a couple of months ago. And she mentioned that song, that that is her favorite song. And that's the yeah. song that got her through the toughest times. Yes. Like um, it- his whole CD was like the best thing, but that song really, really um, resonated with my spirit. And I was just always 
listening to it and in the moment praising God, crying out to him. I mean, like sitting in the dark, folded my, my legs, folded up in my bed, um, trying to understand the Bible and just like, God, if you see me, show me you see me. I um, pray for certain things. Like I pray for the next man I meet, I would marry. <laughs> um, I, I just, to be a father to my child, because now I have a son right. at this time. And right. I, one of the biggest things for me was not to have my son see me with different men in and out of my life. I wanted to give him some stability and some security. Right. I literally pray for that. And when I tell you I got married to my husband at 18, we're still married. He he honored that. Amen. Yeah. So let's talk about teenage pregnancy mm -hmm. and how that affected your life. Because right now you have a huge heart for teenage mothers. So let's just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Any advice that you would give to teen moms or unexpected pregnancies? Don't make me cry. <laughs> um, man, I'm trying not to get emotional. Um, when you get pregnant, you're told that, you know, you're not you're not worth much. You're never going to be anything. Um, you're ruining your life. Right. Um, you, you're told a lot of things. No one shares with you that you can get through this um, or that it's going to be okay. And you're surrounded by a lot of disappointment because your mom, your dad, your dad or whoever of course they love you, but they never want their teenagers to be pregnant. I mean, I'm have teenager kids and I want my teenagers to be pregnant, you know, and I, and I was pregnant. So, um, you're just surrounded by that. And so I went to a school called Catherine Ferguson and it was where pregnant moms could take their babies mm -hmm. and we would drop our babies off at the nursery on the first floor. And then our classes would be on the second floor. And I saw so many moms that made me feel like I didn't have the worst situation. Like my mom was probably angry at me, but she loved my child like mm -hmm. uh, as her own to the point where it became an argument sometimes because she felt like I couldn't tell him what to do because she was still my mom. Mm -hmm. um, but there were there were young ladies who had to live with the boyfriend's mom and then the boyfriend was with a whole nother woman or lady at that point mm. um some kids their children had disabilities um and we were just we would go to lunch we would get our babies from the nursery and we take our babies to lunch with us and we would eat and we drop our babies back off and we just kind of bonded and over stories and things that we were going through with our um the, the father of our children and at that moment it touched me and god gave me something and he told me that he wants me to show that there's life after a baby. Right. He wants me to um, show that just this baby does not stop your growth. Yeah. It does not define the person you are as a woman, as a human being. And uh, it was just really, excuse me. Um, you know, the tears are welcome over here. <laughs> It was just, um, 
it was wild to see because yeah. now looking back, I'm an adult. I didn't have the knowledge and the wisdom and the and the knowing how to be there for those ladies. Yeah. Um, and I think that that came with time. I think that, that God revealed that to me after when he knew that I would be ready for it. Right. Um, because I couldn't do anything for them. I was just a teenager myself, mm-hmm. but I wasn't the first woman to become pregnant at, at 15 years old. I mean, back in the day it was, excuse me, guys. Um, back in the day it was frowned upon. I mean, it was, well, so in that time, those women were, um, getting pregnant at a young age. I mean, they were married off. Their family was marrying them off at 12 and 13 years old. Um, so it just it was not abnormal. But over the time and seasons have changed, it's just not the same anymore. And, you know, with that being said, it's, it's harder in today's time to become pregnant. It, back then, again, it was normal. Now it's not. Um, but I wasn't the first person to have a baby at a young age. And I know that I won't be the last. Right. And I just want to be able to go back and make sure that another young woman and another young lady did not feel what I felt as a child, um, having a child at a young, having a, being a baby, having a baby, Mm -hmm. um, but then God also showed to showed me um, within the last few years that it's important to start building families back up. So let's get these young men involved just as much as we as women Amen. need someone. Our young men do too. Absolutely. Um, now more than ever, especially since what's going on with every time you turn around on the news, a black man is being shot. Yeah. Um, so it's very, very, very important. Um, and God is a, 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 a God of family to me. Um, so, yeah. He absolutely is. Thank you for sharing that part. So I'm going to move on to kind of some, if we could call them this, hot topics in Christianity. Okay. And, and one of them is Jesus in therapy. What's okay. that? Can you have Jesus and therapy? Or Absolutely. <laughs> Got my therapist on speed out. <laughs> so Absolutely. I just want to add this part and then you can share your story is that one thing that I admire about you is breaking the generational curses. So you started early on going to therapy and taking your children right along with you, even though you're saved, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, you have Jesus and the therapist. Yes. So let's share a little bit of that. Um, I have never been against therapy. I guess I I never had anyone tell me that therapy was good. Um, back being honest, I I was a rebel when I was a child. Of course, I had a baby at a young age. That's that's just say a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mistakes were made, but I used to ask my mom, "Could we go to therapy?" And she would tell me, you don't need therapy, you need a whooping. Mm. And um, as, a, as a kid, I didn't know how to 
interpret it or how to um, use the words mental health. I just knew that my mind was, would result into a negative state sometimes. Um, again, I had no terminology for it. So when I was a child, I told myself that I would never shut my kids up, but I would also make sure that they had an outlet to speak to someone, even right. if that someone was not me. Right. Um, so I started going to therapy early on and it helped, it, it helped, but I, then I quit going to therapy. And in that time, I think it was after, during COVID, I discovered I need to go back to therapy. Like therapy is not something that you just, you, you stop going to like, oh, I'm better. I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. It's like going to the doctor. You still get your regular checkups. Um, you're going to the dentist. You go twice a year because you have things that might trigger you. You have traumatic experiences or you might be offended by what someone did. So it's something that you continuously go to. Um, so when COVID hit, I could see in my children, my oldest, especially, he is a social butterfly. He will talk your ear off. I could see that he was shutting down. I just paid attention to how he would walk around the house, um, his body language. And I could see how it was affecting my other kids because, of, again, now we're um, secluded inside of this home and their, mm -hmm. their classroom is their bedroom. So mm -hmm. they're never getting any fresh air. Um, so I decided, hey, we're going back to therapy. Yeah. And we did. Um, when I went back to therapy, I made sure that I found a therapist who has a Christian based background mm -hmm. um, because I think it's important for Christians to still have logic. But I want I didn't want someone to start trying to tell me that God isn't real. God isn't this. I didn't want any of that because right. I know what he's done for me. So no one can tell me that he doesn't exist. Right. So that was extremely important. And we did. I found a Christian um, woman who is, I mean, she has all types of degrees, but she also has, so she, so that helps her with her logic standpoint, yeah. but she also has that Christian. She's actually a pastor. Um, she actually serves under her Bishop and preaches sermons from Sunday to Sunday. Wow. Um, and she travels and she's well known. So it was very, my kid and my, my, all of my kids were receptive to it. My husband was receptive to it. We, I've even grown and learned um, some things. Um, so it was, it's very important to have a therapist and to have a um, Christian-based background. Like it, I believe God, he gave people to be, be a therapist. He made, just like he made doctors. They are his earthly vessels, just like you and I. Yeah. Well, you're on here, you're on here doing the Lord's work, sharing his word. You're his vessel. Right. Well, a doctor is God's vessel too. A therapist is God's vessel too. Right. So no different. Absolutely. So, Thank yeah. you for sharing that. So the next Christian hot topic would be the topic of deliverance, which is like <laughs> hitting the world like wildfire. <laughs> right now because mm -hmm. back in yeah. the bible jesus cast out demons all the time but it wasn't recorded with authority okay <laughs> it wasn't recorded now we have a whole movie out um come out in jesus name where people are being delivered and 
movie theaters and but then you also have it's such a hot topic where you have christians who believe um that christians cannot be demonized and then you have christians mm. who believe that they can't and then they fight on the internet and i'm like <laughs> please stop twitter finger or what do they call it um what do they call it twitter fingers or like um i forgot but i know, fingers I know or something like that it's yeah hilarious. when they just go into war on, on yeah. The yeah so deliverance let's talk about it <laughs> my specialty <laughs> i have been delivered three times um so at my church we had went to the women thou art loose um with td jakes we went last year in august and we were, we rode on a bus and in that bus ride, one of the um, ministers asked, what is it that you're expecting out of this conference? Like, what do you want to take home? What is it that you want to see change? Like, what type of expectations do you have out of this conference? And so we all had a piece of paper and we all had a pen and we, to write what we wanted to occur. And I wrote down that I wanted to get delivered. Um, reading the Bible, you like you just said, God released some demons out of some people back in the day and it wasn't recorded, but it tells you in the Bible that he spoke it with authority. Yeah. He, he said with authority come out. Of Jesus spoke the enemy knew exactly who he was, who he was like right. he, he trembled. That's right. Um, so I was looking for deliverance and I, I got an experience, but I didn't get the deliverance. Mm-hmm. And so that next Sunday I went to church and I was late. <laughs> so I sat in the back. Um, and when I said, I, I didn't even sit down. Like I set myself stuff, stuff down. They were already in the middle of praising and worship. And I just started lifting my hands and just praising God and just start crying out to him. And when I tell you, he took full control of my body. <laughs> I couldn't stop. Um, my pastor didn't even, he had a whole sermon where he didn't even get to preach at, in the, at the end of the sermon service, he said, well, you know, I'm not going to have time to preach today, but God didn't intend for it. And he did what he wanted to do. Um, but yes, yeah, so my first lady and the, um, a few other people came back there and, you know, they just started going to work. And I know that deliverance can look like a lot of different things um, from what I read and, and and researched um it could be um falling out you know it could be throwing up it could be you know any type of um mucus just coming out of your body right um but I had specifically like my deliverance prayer was because I had been praying for deliverance I had been asking God does anything that's not in me that or is that is in me excuse me that does not supposed to be in me or does does that does not resemble um you mm-hmm. take it out right and why need a why she has this song and she's like burn it up like mm-hmm. burn it up and right. so that has been my prayer so i literally had told god like i want to throw up everything that you that you think that i don't need or there's not um that should not be in me and i did just that i had no desire to throw up i wasn't sick i was feeling fine yeah and my pastor, my first lady was like, I need a bucket now. And I'm like, a bucket? <laughs> and lo and behold, as soon as that bucket came, I started throwing up. 
Um, and that was the first time that I got deliverance. And I was just like filled with the Holy Spirit. Like I felt so much lighter, like, like everything was released from me. But if I'm being honest, I didn't maintain it. Um, if you don't, they'll come back and bring all their friends. <laughs> I didn't maintain it. Mm-hmm. So on February 19th, that first time that I got delivered was October 2nd, by the way. Um, if I'm got my cal- date right, I wrote it down. But um, the second time was February 19th. And uh, my husband and I were going through some things. And um, I was a little mean. I'm an honest person. I'm very transparent. Very transparent. You know that. She's going to be transparent through uh, it. <laughs> one of the things I love about you yeah, real. during that time not a little but yeah and uh I um the pastor is like you know let's I want all the marriage couples to come down here I'm gonna pray for everybody um so we were in line and I had this anxiety and this anxiety was so like it overpowered me to the point where I literally told myself while I'm standing in this line about to go through about to come before my prophetic my pastors are so prophetic like they are prophetic and they specialize in deliverance like Mm -hmm. they can the the amount of prophesying that they do will scare you it's like who told you my business type Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. um and I mean they can feel it they can sense it they can see it it's I had never seen anybody prophesy on this level before um, and so I just knew that me going before them and me being mean to my husband, I'm like, God is about to show them everything and I'm about to get beat up. Like, so I told myself while I was in line, like I'm about to build a wall so I cannot like receive what they saying. Like I literally told myself this and I didn't, it's just not even realize this is the enemy right here because he don't want me to get what I'm about to get mm-hmm. and he know he about to get cast out of the room he don't want it so um we got up there and my my our pastor started talking to my husband mm-hmm. and I just started kind of crying and I just was biting my lip I was rolling my eyes I wouldn't look at my pastor and then he turned to me and he said Ariel let it go. And when I tell you, I started bawling, but I would not look at my pastor. Mm -hmm. Not only would I not look at my pastor, but I would not, um, I just, I was rolling my eyes. Like my whole, I just had a whole attitude in front of my, my, my Bishop and my first lady. Mm -hmm. And then my first lady, she tapped me in my chest and she said, let me talk to you. And I'm like, she pulled me to the side and she praying over me and she is going in, but she's also talking to me. She's telling me to shut my mouth. She's telling me to make God my husband. She is literally going in on me. No mercy, no grace, no nothing. <laughs> and so eventually she's like, I need this table moved. Again, no, no, not, I don't feel no sickness, nothing. She's like, I need a bucket. As soon as I get the bucket, I start throwing up. Like she is like going in. Yeah. And it, after I, after I left church, I realized that when she was tapping my chest and said, let me talk to you. She was never talking to me. She was talking to the spirit that she saw on my face. Right. 
man. So I think even Tony, my husband at that time was like shocked because I don't think he ever saw nobody get deliverance like that because mm-hmm. <laughs> they went in on me. Yeah. Um. Again, you know, you think sometimes we just come not, we just being humble is really, really like hard to do sometimes because we yeah. try to you try to be humble, but at the same time, you're trying to um like have confidence. And if you're not careful, one can overpower the other. Yeah. And so um I would say that I probably maintained it a little bit more, but not like I should have. I, I wasn't safeguarding it. Um scripture says guard your heart. I just like, okay, I got some more deliverance. I'm free. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm like, okay, God, like I started seeing things in myself. Like, okay, that ain't God. Okay. That ain't God. All right. What you doing over here? Like, just start, like God started showing me my heart, basically. Like you didn't got delivered twice and you still doing the same thing. Like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. Third time's a charm. Man. Oh man. Oh man. Um, just recently, probably three Sundays ago I went to church I was fine I look cute I sat on the road and I had some shoes on so my feet was hurting a little bit my four-year-old was kind of pulling at me so I'm like let me just sit down and my um um my one of the ministers in my church she brought me you know the little purple thing or the little uh thing that covers your legs um a little blanket I guess my dress was a little too short when you when you when I sat and I thought she was just gonna walk away well I don't know if she motioned my first lady I was in the spirit but I went I was okay mm-hmm. <laughs> my first lady came over there she sat down and again I just broke um and, and in that moment this time they wouldn't hold up service like my pastor got up he about to start preaching and the atmosphere then shifted you would think that she would walk away and go have a seat she she said we need to get her out of here mm-hmm. she said we need to get to the ready room now and we went in that ready room i i cannot even begin to ex- tell you the experience I think I might have almost threw up on her foot, like immediately. I, it's just like a release. Yeah. Um. I had between the the times of deliverance, you know, I had been wrestling, mm-hmm. and she could feel it. She like you over here wrestling in your mind, like they just was going to work. And um, one of the ladies, she didn't even know, she doesn't know anything about my personal past, and she. I had calmed down and I was kind of just drunk in the Holy Spirit and it was quiet. And she asked my first lady, she said, can I share? And my first lady like, yeah, go ahead. And she said, what I see is a child, a young lady who lost their mother at a young age and is dealing with trying to feel that. Like she started going in something that only God could share with her because I never shared that with her. Right. And that was May 21st because May 22nd is the anniversary of my mom's death. And that was the, that was that Monday. And when I tell you, I started screaming all over again, threw up some more yeah. because 
losing my mom at 22 was a traumatic experience right and um I lost my mom at 22 my mom died May 22nd like 22 has become my number Mm. and I didn't realize how I was tying 22 and why 22 was so um sentimental to me and why every time I see it it's like I feel some type of way but even now just talking to you like God is just revealing things like that's why and so nobody would know that you know what I'm saying that's definitely something that God had to share with her right so that was my third time getting delivered and at that point they left me in that ready room all by myself to the point where I ended up falling asleep in that ready room yeah like that's how drunk and and how messed up I was and uh what my first lady has said is you sleeping like a baby. You didn't got this deliverance. You're resting because I have not had any rest. Right. Um, mentally. Right. Which is probably, you know, physical is draining, but mentally is more draining. Right. Uh, they went back to service and left me right in that room. And mm-hmm. I, I slept and I'm at church. <laughs> so that was the third time. And when I walked out of that room that day, I decided that, um, which my first lady was while she was while she was going in on me, she said, Ariel, where's your fight? She says, mm. You've given up fighting. And T I shared that with you. Like, I'm so tired of fighting. Life is life and I'm tired. Like, I don't feel like fighting nothing and nobody. Right. She like, uh uh-uh. uh, you you gotta bring it back, like mm-hmm. now. And so that day I walked out of that door and I said, I'm gonna I picked back up my boxing gloves. Um what Sarah J say refused to lose and she had on them boxing gloves I still have that poster yes we refuse to lose yes so yeah I put back on my boxing gloves and God has just had me in um Ephesians you know put on the full armor of God of God and uh yeah fighting back fighting back going meditating fighting back with my time um asking God for self-control um asking God for patience but also fighting against my own flesh to say I'm not gonna let you win um and stand prayed up and using the enemy word against him and anytime a negative thought comes to my mind I gotta rebuke it because if I don't he that's that's his that's his way back in and you or your friends won't be returning on this third round of deliverance so it's all about for me being intentional amen a little long, but <laughs> no, it's it's def it's definitely needed because I remember when yeah. you told me about your deliverance. The first thing I said is, "Will you share your story?" Yes, because <laughs> I I I think some Christians <laughs> are they don't want to share that, like they don't yeah. want to be transparent or vulnerable to say, "Yes, I had a spirit be delivered out of me," and okay. so. We can, what'd you say? I said, and came back. And came back. Okay, you being real. It came right on back because you did not maintain your deliverance. And so one thing that I learned about why stories are so important is because if we try to talk to people about the word of God, they can try to refute it or say it's not true, but you can't refute somebody's story. You can't refute anybody's experience. You can't tell them that didn't happen to you. That wasn't true. Them demons wasn't cast out of you. Yeah. So I um um I think when COVID came, I found Alexander Pagani, mm. the, the Puerto Rican preacher. 
And one thing that he is known for is deliverance. Mm -hmm. And he would post, he wouldn't show people's faces, but he would post like walking people through deliverance. Yeah. But that is one thing to see it on YouTube. But when I visited your church for Women's Day last year, it yeah. was happening. Yeah. I was like, wow, deliverance is happening. And yes. then you shared it. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I need you to come share your story. So I don't care how long winded it winded it is, it needed to be heard. Absolutely. And the last thing I want to do is share a little bit about our friendship story. Okay. And you pretty you have been a part of the family. You married Tony at 18. Tony is considered my cousin. I've known Tony since I was, I don't even know, 12, 13 years old. So you've been around the family for a very long time. <laughs> and what I'm getting ready to share, yeah. I've already told it to Ariel because y'all might be like, why she say that? But Ariel already <laughs> know how I feel. I I would see Ariel coming and I would go the other way. Because <laughs> she was all she was so very um people use the word passionate for her a lot because she is very passionate, but sometimes the passion is like angry. And so she would be short and aggressive. Like, aggressive and like loud with her children. And so I, if y'all know me, I'm the cousin, I'm the friend, I'm the auntie that takes care of all the kids at the houses or at the park. So I'm like, come on, kids, we just gonna go over here. Let her, <laughs> let her have a break. Like, let her enjoy the adult company so she can chill out for a minute. And then one day, my friend Liz Fitch, shout out to Liz. Liz is, is, I've known Liz for a very long time and Liz knows how I don't like to rest or take breaks. So once a year, she would get me a hotel room and tell me, just rest. So it was one weekend, she got me a hotel room and the Lord kept saying, invite Ariel to the hotel room. And I was like, oh God, I don't want to invite <laughs> to the hotel room. And it got, invite Ariel to the hotel room. And I'm like, <gasps> man, it's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And God's like, invite Ariel to the hotel room. I'm like, oh. Okay, God, I'm going to invite Aria to this hotel room. <laughs> and it was, I don't know how to describe that moment. It was in that moment where we got to know each other more. It was in that moment where I shared a lot of aspects of my life where she like, that, that happened? That happened? You serious? It was a, it's a part of my life that I didn't let a lot of people into like I have my cousins who I'm close with, of course, my husband and my core group of friends. And um, let's just say not all of my Christian friendships turned out to to last. So I wasn't really open into letting anyone else that close to me, because when people become that close and you show them your weaknesses or your flaws, once the relationship turns sour, they use them against you. But yeah. we learned a lot in that moment. We rested a lot in that moment. Like we both have four kids. We, we only had three then. Savannah and Major wasn't born yet. Nah. <laughs> I mean, when I tell y'all we rested, we had no lights coming through, nothing. Her husband called. It was pitch black. He said, y'all going to let God in? Open up, <laughs> open up the curtains. We did, we did not do that. And... It was in that in that moment and 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 carrying on through where I realized that 
she's such a genuine soul and every woman needs a friend like you in their life because you 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 have no judgment and you you've seen every area of me right like you've seen me before I got saved, you've seen me after I got saved. You've seen my struggles, my triumphs. You, you've seen them all. You've seen my weaknesses. You've seen them all. You've been there every step of the way. But one thing you've taught me, um, and we talked about this the other day, is that you're you're the kind of person that shows up when nobody asked you to. And there was a point in, in, in life where Antonio and I were really struggling. And um, we asked people for help. And you looked at me and you said, but you didn't ask me. And you were the first one who came through. And you didn't even think twice. That's the kind of person that you are. And you've taught me to take care of me. Like for a moment, I lost, I don't want to say I lost myself, but I put a lot of focus on taking care of others, taking care of my husband, taking care of my children, taking care of my students. And you asked me one day, it was my birthday, and you said, I want to get you something, but what do you like? And I couldn't even answer the question. So I had to come back to me and figure some things out. And that's why at the beginning of this podcast, we said we've been walking life out together as parents mothers of four children wives serving in the church um yeah like I um I was reading this book by Darius Daniels and it talks about emotional intelligence and it talks about like the four area of of friends and how sometimes like there's a progression to how people how people become friends in your life and how sometimes first they start off as like people you're supposed to mentor or people that you're supposed to help and at, at first that's that's how I looked at you like okay I I need to help her I'm I'm older than her um you're very wise very wise for your age and um but th that's how I looked at you but we 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 progressed and you're 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 literally my best friend and I just I wanted to the reason why I thought that this was important is because I wanted to encourage people who say no new friends yeah. um <laughs> new friends are possible new friends are possible and I still have my I have my 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 core Tanisha, Kiana, and Aquanetta, everybody know I call them my golden friends because they're not going anywhere. They knew me since I was 12, 13 years old, and we're still friends. And um, so be open to new friendships. Be open to new friendships. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. Um, <laughs> definitely, I, I have gotten that my whole life that it was aggression. Um, and again, not having the words for a long time, I let people tell me that I was aggressive. Yeah. Um, and I really did not know how to, like, when I say I did not have the words, just even articulate myself because I would get angry and want to fight and scream and yell. And it's like, nobody's listening to you. Um, but you have taught me. <laughs> 
you have taught me how to find my words. You have taught me how to like process it, like allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and like think it out, like find the words. Um, and that's how I was able to say that it's not from what other people have tried to make it seem like it's not aggression. It's, it's passion. Like I'm passionate about what I feel, what I mean, but there's a thing where you can be too much of something, right? So exactly. maybe I'm too passionate. And so I got to find a balance. Yeah. But um, I 100% agree with you. Like, <laughs> like, I'm so grateful for our relationship. You have taught me a lot. Yes, we do life together. Um, and I, I never, I, I know everybody got, I have friends too, you know, so I don't want to make anybody's friends feel like, you know, she's taking my best friend. Cause you know how best friends be like, that's my best friend. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you my bestie, <laughs> you are my best friend. And I, um, I am grateful. Like God knew that I'm so glad that he pressed on you the way he did. I am I am grateful for that. And I I shared with you the other day, like there's been a time in my life where I had put a church that I was serving in on a pedestal. I put those pastors on a pedestal and I also had some friendships that I put on a pedestal and I put them before God. I would talk to them before I would talk to God. I would include them before I would include God. Um, I sought their opinion before I sought God's opinion or whatever. And when I tell you, he was like, okay, I'm going to take you from it. Yeah. And I don't have those relationships today. Yeah. And so it's important for me. I told God, like, I need this relationship. So I'm not going to put it before you, right. but it's next. <laughs> <laughs> like God, nah, let me call TM before I blow somebody up. <laughs> blow some, do somebody got a business doing, you know? But no, so, um, oh, okay. Um, so, so yes, definitely. So I just, I am grateful for our friendship and I'm grateful from, from just being able to learn from you. Um, being, you have like, I have changed a lot and grown a lot, um, just by watching you and, seeing how blessed you are like you know people see you and they like you know I want that okay well if you want this then you got to be with God like that's how it is with me and you like it's like oh my gosh like I want to be like that Lord okay well you know what she prayed for she prayed for patience she prayed for self-control so guess what you need to do you need to be praying for patience self-control okay Jesus so <laughs> you're being completely honest like yeah this relationship is is dear like it is like probably one of the biggest spots in my heart and I don't take it for granted um at all and it ain't always pieces of cream because sometimes I call and she don't agree with me and she, the first thing she gonna say when I know she don't agree with me you know what she say I'm gonna say this with love <laughs> and I'm like oh okay she ain't feeling what I'm saying <laughs> so it's like okay it's not always peaches like she's not my yes man like she's not always like yeah you right and everything like that like it's 
honesty it's it's hearing each other it's listening to each other's feelings being able to talk and be like completely naked like completely naked and completely vulnerable you know um that's what this is for me yes and we have one of the things I told her when we had a disagreement is and I highly recommend this book by Nedra and it, it's a book about boundaries. I can't think of the title right now. But one of the things that I took, because I could feel her shutting down. And I said, <laughs> I'm I'm taking the things that I'm learning and I'm putting in this it, it into this relationship so yeah. that it will work. Like yeah. all relationships will have disagreements and all yeah. relationships will take work. It's just, it's a, uh, it's a matter of time. It's a matter of communication. It's a matter of allowing each other space when they need it, allowing each one to process things in a way that they process them because Ariel yep. is a super fast processor. It takes me a little bit <laughs> of time <laughs> to process some things. And <laughs> that's just one thing I've learned about myself and accepted about myself. And sometimes I have to go yeah. back and say, okay, Let's circle back. I processed it, see it this way, and we are ready to move forward. Yeah. I think even in, like, even in our relationship, I have learned, like, how to use some of these things for my marriage. Like, this is not a thing for just, oh, a friendship, yeah. like, best friends. This is, this is a in-law to to, to mother-in-law to daughter-in-law this is a husband and wife this could be a son and mother or son and dad like these the things that we're learning with each other from each other like they are used in any relationship absolutely because we allow each other to be heard and like like you said the things that you're learning like we're what le- that we're learning are we're using in this relationship so that like you said it could work and I, I think that that's the most important important part that two parties have to be willing um and for the most part to the the egos or the the um the defense and the offense has to be removed so that you can put yourself in someone else's shoes yeah and so that you can say okay i understand i see what you're saying and whether you agree or disagree nobody said that you're gonna still agree on it but you know right right you're able to see it from another side and outside of the box. And I, I'm like this, our relationship is like, okay, I need to apply that. This relationship. <laughs> so yes, absolutely. I'm 100% with you. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me today. It's been a, this one has been a long time coming. So thank you. No problem. Thank you for everyone who's tuned in. And shameless plug, Ari the Lioness has a YouTube channel. (laughs) Ari the Lioness has a YouTube channel. (laughs) It's coming slowly but surely, but you know. (laughs) So follow her on YouTube. She was very humble and short when she introduced herself as a mother and a wife, but she's so much more than that. She also has a cleaning company. Come on, tell us about it. <laughs> um, 
I, I do. I have a cleaning company. Um, it's called Ari's Mermaid Cleaning Co. Literally, when I was walking or working at the bank, I literally was like, okay, you know, God was telling me to like leave and I didn't want to leave. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Um, and I prayed and the next day they told me my job role was ending. But I specifically asked for two things. I did not want to leave my job empty handed and I did not want to leave. Um, being fired just in case I ever wanted to return and I uh, he the next day I went into work I kid you not we got on the call at like three o'clock in the afternoon they're like okay we're getting rid of your job role these are your three options take a severance or we have two other job roles um <clears throat> and so in that time I started the cleaning company and then I also started a 501c3 for the young women with children um just trying to be, get that entrepreneurial spirit trying to find what that knack of what works for me um it's not easy it's not for the week <laughs> not for the week at all it is not for the week um because there's a lot of losses you take and you know as opposed to going to work for someone else and then I'm they just have the paycheck I'm glad you mentioned that. Like you didn't mention it earlier when you were talking about the passion that you have for teenage mothers. So I was like, okay, well, if she didn't mention it, I'm not sure if she wouldn't put that out there right now, but <laughs> yes. Yeah, a lot is in the works. I'm just, um, I'm trying to allow God to finish working on me and finish doing what he wants to do in me. Because what I've learned is, is that he won't give me what he needs me or what he, he won't give me what he wants me to have until I fully am able to be in alignment with him. And so my pastor had prophesied to me um, back uh, in 2020, um, 20, what's this, 23, 2022 of uh, uh, Father's Day last year. He told me that God is training you up and that God is uh, doing all of these things within me um and that how he was going to give me this platform um and God had already shared it with me like I fasted for a week and God was showing me my heart showing me where I needed to be and he told me to start this YouTube channel <clears throat> I did not start this YouTube channel like he told me to start the YouTube channel I think in like April or May I did not start the YouTube channel until August and but and even then like I said in June on Father's Day, my pastor prophesied was like, you're going to, God is going to give you a spiritual and a secular platform. And I'm just, and it was crazy because I was struggling with like, I'm, I love Jesus. Like I'm Jesus crazy. He is my author, my provider, me, my daddy. Like he could be my husband sometimes when mine ain't doing what I want him to do. Like, you know, uh, but I believe in also the secular, like he made us, like he made us to have feelings. He made us to be, um, have desires. And I just didn't know how to tie that in. And right. I'm still learning how to tie that in. Right. Um, and so that, that's why I say that a lot has not been like, um, like, Tia's podcast is off the chain. Like she, she knows what she is doing. Okay. But okay, so pause. <laughs> when I first got started, I didn't know what I was doing. I know. And but... I learned every step of the way. I used to record in my van <laughs> with Zuzu barking next door and the birds <laughs> chirping. But I just got started. You need to go back and listen to my podcast that's called Rise and Build. You got to go every step of the way. I heard it. 
I listen to it. Right on Spotify. Okay. Same. Every time you post a new one, it pops right up. And I mean, but I I guess just just having that confidence and like, okay, Laura, what is it that you want? But even like my pastor told me, he said, you're about to go through a training mm -hmm. and God is about to take you through a training. He, he said to me, he says, you're probably already have started the training. Yeah. But when I tell you that the floor fell from underneath me, like it, somebody was like somebody slide in the floor and I just dropped after that, like everything fell apart. Yeah. Life has been life and I have just not have been able to like, that's why my first lady's like, you need a break, you need rest because yeah. I have been just so busy, like fighting it's distracting me. Like I can't focus and on this podcast. Like he's what coming to talk about. Who can I help with my life over here in shambles? Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, from kids to husband to job to <laughs> you name it. So yes, I do. I have a YouTube channel that I am working diligently on. Um, and I I do have a cleaning company and I have, the, like I said, the 501c3. Um, I have a lot, you know, I even have a commercial landscaping company that's not really doing what I wanted to do. But I'm, again, trying to find that knack um, and just trying to find like where God wants to use me. Um but I think that I had not continued to go forth where I wanted to go because like all of the deliverance that I got, it came after that. So mm -hmm. that says to me that at some point of time, I still wasn't quite ready. Yeah. I still, I still needed some more training, which is what my pastor had prophesied to me. Um, but I do see God's hand and I know that it's about to blow up. Like it's gonna be big, Amen. and I understand what he's doing. Like he's showing me, he's giving me glimpses. Um, but I, I just want to make sure I'm ready because I don't, I don't want to fumble this bag, right? Like at all, <laughs> at all. Don't fumble the bag. No, I can't. Not this one. So, okay, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, and thank you again, everyone, for tuning in. And absolutely. Until next time, have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you for having me. You're welcome.